destroying cop cars in X-Men Evolution walked so Pyro destroying cop cars in X2 X-Men United could run. Welcome to episode 13 of the Mutant Musings Evolution podcast for the beginning of July 2021. I'm Jonathan and with me as always is my Cuddlebumps. Patty. Remember to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. Do you think mutant musings is the tits? Let us know about it. And let the internet know about your titty thoughts, too. Need to get some feelings about us off your chest? Are we the breast you've ever had? Don't be a boob. Leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast app you use. Don't leave us out in the cold. Where it gets a bit nipply. Because we appreciate your feedback. And speaking of breast, Are your honkers going bonkers? Your melons feel like yelling? Nipples in a pickle? Give your teats a treat. Come your titties with tit ease. Tit ease is a bona fide way of taking the hoot out of your hooters while keeping the cha in your cha-chas. Make you and your bosoms buddies again with tit ease. It really works. Tit ease is not a total bust. This is turning into utter nonsense. This is your explicit content warning. <laughs> I forgot how much fun I had writing that. How proud of myself I was. Patty, that's one of the best things I've ever written in my life. I'm proud of you. I've come a long way in my life, y'all. I really have. I, I went through school. I got I got straight A's. I did really good on all these essays and shit. Shit, I was a writing tutor. And this is where my life is now. I'm about to turn 37. I'm 37 now that you're listening to this. And, uh, and I'm writing about utter nonsense. I'm proud of you. Yeah? I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> Thank you. Happy birthday, Patty. It's your birthday. Thank you. It's, it's Patty's birthday. It's uh, not my birthday. It's Patty's birthday month. It, it is my birthday month. <laughs> We're celebrating Patty's birthday every day. Yep. Yep. It's a month-long celebration. That's it. Yep. Celebrating Patty. Every day should be Patty Day. Every day. <laughs> How you doing, Patty? I'm tired. How are you? What? Why are you tired? Because Too much I celebrating? only got like 10 hours of sleep. Oh, that's no good. I know. I have to wake up early on Saturday morning because I have a Japanese class. What is early for Patty Saturday? Uh, 8 a.m. Oh, my goodness. I know. So early. Nothing's happening at 8 a.m. It's still dark out. All the birds are sleeping. No cars it's, on the road. It's the crack of dawn. <laughs> it's the crack of 8 a.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where all the cracks are. Yep. That's where they hide the crack. <laughs> 8 a.m. Patty's not cracking today. Patty has been studying aggressively for this test that Patty has Ooh. in a few days that will be done with aggressively in the future <laughs> when you hear this. <laughs> I bet Patty's going to get an A. I hope Patty, Patty passes. Patty is not going to get a C for crack. Patty's going to get an A. <laughs> I do not want to retake this class. No. No, the the the, the teacher's the, awful. The the bitch teacher, right? Yeah. Yeah. Her name is also Patty. Oh, that's gross. I know. Does she spell it with an I like you do? I don't know because on Zoom, her name is listed as Patricia. Yeah. So I don't know. Tell her she's not allowed. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's old and she's a really bad teacher. Yeah, that's okay. That's like the opposite of you. That's why she's, you're, you're young and you're a good teacher. <laughs> You've taught me about all kinds of things over the years. Have I? Yeah, like cook the books. I know roughly, vaguely what that is. I know it's a term that exists in accounting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 okay. So, so listen, I'm going to put the link. I'm going to put the link in the show notes of this episode, and you all better click it, okay? So if you don't already know, I've been gushing about it on my personal account a little bit, is that Doki Doki Literature Club is getting a plus. There's going to be a Doki Doki Literature Club plus, that's already going to be out by the time you hear this. And I will likely have already played it and cried. When and does it come out? I think on the 30th. I pre-ordered it. So shipping might take a couple of days. This isn't coming out till July? Yeah. Oh, okay. Beginning of July. Yeah. So so I'm super excited because Doki Doki Literature Club is a fucking amazing game. And it's been three and a half years since we played it. And there's going to be new content. And there's going to be wallpaper. And there's going to be stickers. And I don't know, but there's going to be a whole bunch of surprises. But there's there's more more game content and stuff, and I'm so fucking happy about it. I can't, I just can't wait. Listen, somebody out there listening has had to have played Doki Doki Literature Club 
And if you haven't, somebody out there, please, please, I'm begging you. One person, I can die a happy old man. I'm, I'm 37 at the time you're listening to this. I'm close to dead. Just make my life happy before I die and play Doki Doki Literature Club, please. I've played it. Yeah. We, we played, played it together. We played it. Oh, thanks for remembering. Thanks for remembering. Yeah, we did. It was a good time. Yeah. Mostly. I cried. Yes, I know. Afterwards. I remember. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so X Men cartoons, right? All right, so we are officially in season three. Woo! Now, yeah, just uh, you know, starting out the the second half of the show. Well, it's it's a little bit more than than halfway through, considering the amount of episodes. Season four is is short. There's only like nine episodes. It's upsetting. Ugh. It's really upsetting. But um, and it's only four seasons. Yeah, it's only four seasons. Ugh. Yeah, but but yeah, so so we're starting season three. We uh, the whole world. Knows that mutants are a thing now, ish, sort of. Thanks, Magneto. Yeah, because because of of Magneto. That wasn't very neato of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is kind of kind of interesting, you know. I mean, it 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 seemed like Magneto was was building up to this. You know, he got he got his acolytes, and he got his whole sneaky plan, and got mutants outed. But what it doesn't seem like is he's talking about like mutant supremacy. I mean, I don't know if that's um sort of like implied. Uh is he's trying to quote unquote perfect mutants and then he gets his al- acolytes together and ready like his small little army, it's not even an army. But uh but yeah, so now the world knows knows about mutants and uh and yeah, so the X-Men have to fucking deal with the repercussions. And this opens right after Mystique uh attempted some more child murder, massive child murder. By blowing up the school. Yeah, she was pretending to be Professor Xavier. And we left off with Scott, like, threatening Professor Xavier. And he was like, you, you did this. And, like, throws him on the ground from his wheelchair and, like, gonna, like, fuck him up. And then it turns into Mystique. Yeah. Yeah, and Mystique Mystique is just like, listen, like... You better calm the fuck down, otherwise you're never going to find the professor again. And like, okay, so she has, she has some sort of psychic defenses, but there must be a way to fucking chokehold this lady and get the information that they need. Yeah, out torture. Of her. It's called torture. Yeah. Okay. Well, fine. We know that torture always works. Look at Guantanamo Bay. Okay, Patty. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're just going fucking balls in on this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the, the the institute did explode. Everybody thankfully makes it out safe safely, but you know, I mean, people probably noticed this giant explosion, and so you got the cops and you got the military show up, and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, the X Men fight off the cops and military. Hell yeah! And that was real. I loved everything about this. I loved everything about this. Um, yeah, Iceman attacks the cops. Scott blows out tires of a of a Hummer. Berserker literally blows up cop cars. It's amazing. Uh, Wanda blows up their guns. One of them, uh, no, a couple of cops get Gene in the back of one of their cars, but then Kurt bamps in and steals a cop car. Like, the nicest little blue boy in this whole show is like, Bamf, I'm gonna steal this fucking cop car. That is a badass motherfucker. That was beautiful. It was. But yeah, no, it was just a, it was a wonderful scene. I absolutely loved everything about it. And of course, you know, everybody manages to get away and um you know and they they all go meet uh on this fucking hill later at night and they're talking and mystique shows up and you know they're yelling at each other so so then fucking um the news the media the 24-hour cycle they have <laughs> nothing else to report on other than doxing these children posting pictures of them telling people what their names oh, yeah, are their names. and where they go to school and <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, there are mutant menace. Are there aliens among us? Blah, 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 blah. So now the kids are like, well, great. Now we can't go to school. And the mansion is destroyed. And also the uh, Brotherhood's house got destroyed. And they're like, where the fuck are we supposed to go? How? Well, like, let us just live, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really fucking scary to think about. I mean, you know, like in the news and stuff. You get underage kids, they don't they won't give like a child who's in any sort of legal trouble, like typically anyway, their full name. But it's just like whoop kitty pride and there's a fucking picture of her. Yep. Like on the news facing. And they go to Bayville High. (laughs) So you guys know where to show up. Yeah. 
all you fucking bigots or whatever know exactly where to go. Just fucking paint a target on their backs. And that's really sad and scary that they've all been outed. They've all been outed like this. And we know we know what uh, high schools in America are famous for. Yeah. Yeah, right? So anyway, at this at this discreet meeting, Nick Fury shows up and, and decides to point them in the right direction, actually. Uh, I think Mystique tried to threaten him. Uh, so he tries pointing them in the right direction. And he's got maps and schematics of the base where they're holding the the members of the X-Men that were captured and Blob. Blob is the only member of the brother that was Aww. captured. Yeah. So they're working together. We got another teamwork friendship episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, also Berserker and some of the other kids managed to get into the sewer. And they met Caliban. And Berserker was like, hi, we're mutants. We're we're getting hunted up there. And Caliban's like, I know. I know I, you're mutants. I, I know. I always know. <laughs> so it looked like Caliban was uh, taking them somewhere safe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to imagine that that's down where the Morlocks but are. But they were also like walking in the water in the middle of the sewer, not like on the side where like the sidewalk kind of things are patty they almost just got exploded to death all right i think okay but that's fucking gross yeah i mean i agree i mean okay you think this is early 2000s everybody's got their jinkos on (laughs) and they're walking through this fucking muddy poop water Do you remember the struggle when it was raining and you had your Jinkos on? I do, because I had a friend that had, like, fucking 60-inch bottom Jinkos. <laughs> Seriously. And I remember how fucking soaked they would get. It looked like a sponge, like, almost up to his knee. It was ridiculous. So, fine, Patty. All right, fair point. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Gene steals a helicopter. As, Hell yeah. As Gene Grey would. Yeah. <laughs> and they find out i think it was iceman found out that the coordinates that they gave were for area 51 no yeah and he's like oh yeah aliens (laughs) um but in the meantime uh toad and wanda decide to travel to the city they they look for magneto his body isn't there so they hijack this news van and they uh it was toad's idea to slow down the footage and you can see in a couple of the frames that Pietro runs in to save Magneto just before that Sentinel crashes to kill him. I thought it was cute that Toad called her Cuddlebumps. He's clearly got this. Oh, yeah, the whole time. Yeah. And when when the uh, whatever dads were raiding the uh, Brotherhood's house, uh, Toad was supposed to go in and get them some of their stuff. So they wouldn't just literally have the clothes on their back. And he just comes out with a bag and it's all Wanda's stuff. <laughs> yeah. And Avalanche is like, what the hell? You were supposed to bring our stuff too. And he's like, oh, who cares what we wear? <laughs> and he's like, oh, this girl uh, really makes some guy want to brush his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but whatever. They all wear the same thing every episode anyway. Exactly. But Silly. she, like, he took this, like red negligee out of the bag and Wanda just like grabs it from him and shoves it back in the bag. <laughs> I don't know. I, I it's it's a little weird, but it's it's kind of cute at the same time, I, I I guess. Maybe it's it's weird or creepy or something, but I mean I feel like Toad is pretty harmless and so I don't know. But I found the term cuddle bumps very cute, I guess, because I'd never heard that in my life before X-Men Evolution. I've never heard it outside of X-Men Evolution. So whatever, it's a cute term. So back to Area 51. Yeah, so this fucking military guy is yelling at Logan, like, I want answers. And I think Logan snarls in his face or something like that. Um, But they're like all being kept in in cells and shit, and the blob is still gooped, and they're starting to try to carve him out. Bobby drops something. He, He manages to, like, disable the security system, but... I think, right? But then he dropped something in the lasers. So yeah, he must Bobby, Yeah, Bobby disabled it, and then he fucked it up. And then uh, all the alarms are going off in the building. Yeah. But Spike was able to, like, shoot a Spike and, like, free Wolverine. Yeah, then, that was cool. And then he, I guess, I forget, got Spike out, too, and blah. I don't remember what happened. <laughs> I thought that was an awesome moment with Spike, just shooting that one Spike through, like, the fucking air hole and just you know, the fucking accuracy on that to break one of Logan's shackles so he could cut himself loose and then he gets Spike loose. Um, and I think he told Spike to like help free the others or whatever. And then you've got Beast picking up some of the guards and throwing them 
into one of the fucking cells. And uh, and yeah, so it was it was really cool. All of them are together. They all got out, except Mystique is the last one to come up to the fucking the rooftop. And Scott traps her. He puts the fucking gate down and he demands to know where Xavier is. Mystique is like, are you insane? Let me pass. You'll never see him again. She says to him, you don't have the and then gets cut off because he he closes the latch. <laughs> Avalanche was pissed. He was, but I was that... like, Avalanche, come on, baby. You've you've seen her. You deserve better. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, oh man, the gigantic fucking balls on Scott Summers to fucking just close the fucking gate and let Mystique get trapped in there. That was amazing. Uh, so yeah, so so they all escape. The X Men are all like standing on a hill overlooking the fucking city, and it's like the Institute's gone. Professor's missing can't go back to school and it's open season on mutants logan's like we'll we'll find xavier and Rose. was like we have a world out there that fears us uh we have to teach the world we're the good guys before it's too late and uh and so i really i really liked this episode i really enjoyed it um you know these kids their, their backs were again were put against the wall so quickly you know this this entire time everything has sort of been discreet with them a lot of the conflict has been between them and like the brotherhood them and mystique even on the fucking field trip like right when rogue joined in the fucking caverns you know it was just like scott and rogue versus mystique against magneto so they've all been like you know they've been pretty discreet about everything all things considered until now you know that news footage showing that giant robot fucking fighting them um and them using their powers and then them having to fight the fucking police and the military at the beginning of this this episode and they're like literally running for their fucking lives just how these kids had to you know just go from trying to live sort of normal lives at school being able to be themselves at the institute to now being outed and being like chased it's just it's really fucking intense but i just feel like everything like led up to these moments so well like it didn't seem like this large jump in storytelling where they were just chilling at school one day and all of a sudden you know fucking the whole world's after them like i feel like it led up to this really well if that makes sense no i i agree and uh it it kind of uh well it was foreshadowed before when you know the brotherhood was trying to uh be public and they like outed everybody at that football game oh yeah and um you know, this just goes to show how wrong they were. <laughs> yeah, I really like this a whole lot. And honestly, this really sets the the tone for the show going forward. There's like, there's no going back from this. Like, I do believe that season two had better storytelling than season one. Definitely. But I don't feel like there was an enormous leap in the scope of what they're trying to do with the X-Men from seasons one to two as there are with seasons two to three. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Like, yeah, the stakes just, like, flew through the fucking roof here. I I do think it had good pacing and, like, leading up to this where, like, you know, the world kind of finds out about them and, like, we see more so of how it is for the mutants in, like, the Marvel Universe, like, in the comic books, because that's always been a thing. But, like, it's interesting to see how it translates to, um, you know, the the cartoon, and especially because it's a little bit different context in that, like, everybody knew who these kids were. They had friends and stuff at school, and how that's going to be different now that they're all outed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's going to be way different. Um, also, I think you, you touched on something interesting, though, because we got to see the moment, the moment that the world finds out about mutants. Now, it's not like this show, obviously, is focusing on different areas of the world where there's different mutants. You know, we're just in this one spot. But this is the moment where the world finds out about mutants. You know, in the Marvel Universe, we don't, you know, I mean, the X-Men didn't start with that moment. You know, mutants were were known already. Uh, maybe not, they weren't like common or like well-known all over the world, but people knew 
who and what mutants were already by the time we got to X-Men number one. It was just like, whoop, here's X-Men one. Mutants are a thing. And people kind of know about this already. So what do you think about Gene's Grand Theft helicopter? Gene loves helicopter dick. Do you think Scott has the... No, Scott definitely does not have the... You'll get answers, folks, right after this quick commercial break. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you should check out the awesome website that has lots of awesome podcasts, geekade.com. But what if they're not enjoying this podcast? Well, that's rude, but Geekade.com has podcasts about other topics like video games, Transformers, and TV shows. But what if people hate those things too? Well, you're starting to get on my nerves, but Geekade.com has a whole archive of articles about anime, wrestling, movies, and so much more. Plus, Geekade even has YouTube and Twitch channels. What if someone doesn't like any of those other things either? Alright, enough of this Debbie Downer bullshit. If you don't like any of those things... Go watch golf, okay? The answer for you is watch some fucking golf. Watch your fucking golf with your fucking quiet clapping and standing still and tailored shorts, you yuppie fuck. Oh, look at me. I got to do a putt on the green and get a birdie. How about a putt putt in the butt? No one gives a fuck about golf. Oh, I love golf. Check out geekade.com today. It made me think about that song, What What in the Butt? Remember that song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that song. What What? Okay, so next episode of season three is the stuff of heroes. Yeah, so Logan and Rogue are at a convenience store trying to be all incognito, but obviously since their faces are fucking plastered all all over the news, you've got the military after them, and uh, the military comes in. (laughs) Rogue throws a can of whipped cream that Logan slices and I guess, you know, it's aerosol, so it sprays all over the fucking guys. And then he slices a fire extinguisher. I'm like, this is this is defective against the United States military. <laughs> They're teaching us. Yeah. Uh, it was... <laughs> yeah, when they were there, you know, you said they were on the news. There was actually TV there, and th- they were on the news right there in the store. And Rogue saw herself on TV, and she's like, "Do I look that fat? Oh, I look fat." Yeah, she was like, <laughs> "She was like, I'm not getting these donuts." <laughs> Poor Rogue. And then uh, they Rogue ran outside and stole a motorcycle, or was that that was oh, Logan's Logan. bike? Okay, it was Logan's she jumped bike. on Logan's bike, and she brought it in the store and yelled at Logan to hop on, and he did, and he like slashed uh, a second exit in the store. He just like slashed the wall so they could get out through the wall instead of just going back through the front door. Um, because you know, gotta be dramatic. Yeah. And I, I thought it was really funny that Rogue was driving the motorcycle and uh she was just like driving through a forest and she was like, Duh and he didn't <laughs> and he gets hit in the face with this big branch yeah. and like she has to turn around and get him to hop on again. And meanwhile, while he's trying to get back on the bike, the guys are following, and she's like, I'm going to step on it. And he's like, oh, I want to take over. And she just, like, fucking floors it. <laughs> or, uh, I don't know, I guess that's what you do in a motorcycle. Yeah. Or do you have to do the hand thing? I don't know how motorcycles work. She she uh, she uh, revs it. No, she makes it go. <laughs> she makes it go vroom vroom. <laughs> yeah, that's the correct motorcycle terminology thank you 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 don't floor it you vroom vroom it yeah yeah that that was great that was a lot of fun to see that really but you know then this this shit quickly turns serious because there's a fucking congressional hearing on mutants and you know i mean the very opening of this episode you see that there's like reporters and military checking out the fucking rubble of the institute and they see like a giant blade from the danger room and so, of course, you've got some fucking politicians that are like, mutants are concealed weapons. And you can tell which politicians are going to say that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was amazing that Storm and Hank walk in. And I thought that was that was awesome to pick those two characters in particular. One with a very visible mutation and another one who is literally a fucking goddess uh, walk in. Um, like one of the most... 
maybe not in this show, but one of the most powerful mutants in existence. The, the two of them are the ones who go in to address it. And not only that, but, you know, a black woman walking into this fucking, to, to Congress as they're fucking debating rights of their existence. So I thought that that was really interesting. And she's also one of the most, should I say eloquent X-Men? Elegant? Well, Elegant and eloquent. Yes, and she's, like, rational and level-headed and stuff. Yeah. Which uh, a lot of the X-Men are not. Um, (laughs) You're not going to send Logan in there. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, I'm, like, congressional hearing on what? Whether they get to live? Yeah. Like, on on what? Because they could get fired from their jobs. (laughs) Like, you know, a lot of states still allow or... uh, you know, we're gonna throw them in concentration camps or what are we what are what? What? What is this hearing about? Like, can they go to school? Is there gonna be a separate school? That's happened before too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So again, the metaphor right here is is on full fucking display. Um and and it's it's I, I think the setup to this was really good as as, you know, sort of heart wrenching as as it is to watch because, you know, is Storm when Storm comes in she's like we are mutants and this witch hunt is going to stop now and i mean spoilers it's not really going to stop but still this this was a pretty powerful episode and uh foreshadowing of the conflict you get uh juggernaut on a train kane on the train kane on a train that's fun yeah i like rhymes he was uh he was like hoboing it up oh my god patty not a passenger car. Box a car. Thing car. Box, yes, a box car. Box car. Yeah, he was riding in the box car, and then the train stopped, and the military or whatever feds come, and they're like, "All right, buddy, get out." And then I'm like, "But how did they know he was in there?" But he's he's just chilling there in his whole armor, except his helmet. He's got on the side, and then he's just like, "You really don't want to do this, guys." <laughs> Puts his helmet on, starts fucking shit up. Yeah. Oh, I, but, oh, and then they asked, who are you? And I really just wanted to scream, I'm the juggernaut, bitch! <laughs> but he, uh, it's a children's show, so he did not say bitch, unfortunately. But I feel like this episode inspired that line that came a couple of years later. Yeah. I truly do. Something, I, I don't remember if this was a thing in this series, uh, but they kept calling the juggernaut a mutant, and they're like, look at this mutant on the rampage. Did they make him a mutant in this show? He was um, introduced in season one. I already forget, but I feel like he awakened his powers. Yeah, it was like latent or something, and he awakened it with mysticism. So yeah, so they took some liberties. Okay, but yeah, I mean, they didn't. They don't discuss the crimson gem of Ciderac in this show. So it's just sort of like okay. So he is a mutant because so, yeah, I was I was thinking too. Like he's not even a mutant, and like no. they're getting blamed for it. <laughs> Like they're well, like, oh, look at this guy. There's this. It's exactly like you know what happens with the riots. Yeah, with the cops like starting to uh like break windows and shit and start violence and then you know say oh BLM is is violent or whatever. Exactly. But it wasn't even them. It was a different guy, and you're blaming the wrong group for it. No, exactly. So so the kids. Uh, this, the, the, the X-Men, they're all hiding out in a cave and Scott's like really worried. He's like, no one's going to listen to Storm and Hank. Xavier's missing. And Jean's like, your sulking isn't helping. They have a touching moment. It's really cute. But then Kurt interrupts it because apparently Spike has a portable TV. Remember those things? Remember portable TVs? I do. I had one. Oh, that's so cute. You did? Yeah. It was black and white. Oh, we, uh. It was so small. I worked uh, in retail back in the day. We we carried one of those portable TVs. The screen was so fucking small. Yep. And I remember trying to get reception at work and watch yep. and watch <laughs> and watch The Simpsons. <laughs> you you can't get reception on one of those. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. But it was also cute how they were trying to get a signal exactly on this portable TV. Um, Kurt was bamfing around trying to find a spot that wasn't as staticky, and then. He found one, and he's like, oh, great. Now I'm stuck like this. And then, you know, Kitty took oh, it yeah. from him. Yep. And it was cool because then Iceman throws her, like, head to toe, and then she phased out of it. And then, so, like, they had this statue basically holding the phone. Yeah, that and was... the phone. I... <laughs> yeah, right? Whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah, but and that was then, so cool. And then he made, like, because they were complaining they couldn't see because the TV is so small, uh, he made, like, 
a, basically a magnifying glass out of ice too and that was really cool yeah and yeah. it also like kind of echoed the sound so they could all hear it too it was cool yeah it was it was cool but you know storm so they're so they're watching and storm is like you know we're peaceful and the fucking dick congressman is like peaceful how about biding your time at the Institute, it looks like you were preparing for war. And so, yeah, so we see the images of, um, like, the danger room and shit. And, I mean, I feel like the explanation is simple enough. It's like, hey, listen, we have these powers, and we're trying to learn how to control them or maybe stop mutants who are bad, which is, you know, exactly what they're doing. I mean, it doesn't, the optics of it aren't great, but I feel like the explanation is there. But anyway, so so Rogue and Logan meet up in the cave, and uh, the military was tracking, and they find them. Scott doesn't want to fight them, and he even has Iceman seal the cave. Logan off. does. <laughs> yeah, Logan wants to fight them. It was crazy, you know? Wolverine is like, they're attacking us. They're the enemy. And Scott's like, we're not kids anymore. We've trained for this, and we're good. Any one of us could smack those choppers down, but we're heroes. So the last thing we need to do right now is prove them right. And Wolverine leaves them. He leaves them. He gets on his bike and fucking takes off as like, what happened? Cyclops like blasted a couple of the missiles out of the sky. Gene was like turning them around. Kurt and Kitty bamfed into one of the fucking cockpits and like fried the controls. And then I think um, Gene like gently landed them so nobody was hurt. And so that was crazy. They did everything they could not to fucking hurt anybody. That was amazing. Meanwhile, Juggernaut is destroying cop cars. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> so I guess you're on Logan's side in all this. Yeah. Well, I mean, how the fuck was Logan going to fight helicopters? You'd jump have, at one. Yeah, he'd have to, like, jump at one. and He then... did it in the movie. I know, he did it in the movie. <laughs> Hugh Jackman leapt onto a helicopter. Not so this Logan could run away. <laughs> so the fucking Congress dick calls Roro and Hank atrocities. That's rude. Yeah, that's one word for it. <laughs> you can fucking call call these people's, their existence, an atrocity. Oh, you're taking your game back? No, it isn't there. Yeah. Yeah, it did an oopsie and uh, switched out one of Patty ga- Patty's games for mine. Patty game. Yeah, Patty was looking for Nino Cooney and found Animal Crossing, which Patty does not care for. I do not. <laughs> Even though Patty has never played Animal Crossing, Patty does not care for Animal I Crossing. I do not. Listen, Animal Crossing was... You just like it because Brie Larson plays it. Well, okay, yeah, and she pisses off stupid chuds who say shit. <sighs> so I love Brie Larson. And she played Captain Marvel, Patty. She's my oh, hero. Okay. Yeah, but but it was such a nice, relaxing game to play early pandemic during lockdown. Like, really. It really was. So relaxing. I had that, and I had Streets of Rage 4, and both of those games filled very different but very important needs of mine. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Yeah, but he calls them atrocities, like fucking rebuking their very existence. Again, this is not something that's very far from the truth. You had this with fucking black people you have this now with trans people like you know you have republicans trying to eradicate trans people right now you know fucking calling these human beings like yeah they're mutants but they're still people like calling them atrocities and so then they cut to footage of juggernaut destroying a tank so this was really convenient to be happening as far as the plot goes the x-men see the footage and i think it was scott that was like without the professor there's no way to stop him He's, like, on his way to destroy a dam, and, you know, it's gonna fucking wash out the entire town. So Jean is like, you know, what would the professor do? Very, you know, she had a couple of what would Jesus do moments Yeah, I was, I was even thinking WWPXD. <laughs> Whoa. I have a good short story anecdote. Sweet. Okay, so I, my mom made me do Sunday school. Until I was like nine or something, because then my brother had hockey during when Sunday school would be. So I got to be a Sunday school dropout. Your mom? Yep. Your mom? Yep. Put hockey yep. before Jesus. Yeah, because you see, it was my brother and it wasn't me. He's a boy. Yeah. I understand. So that explains that. But 
when I was in Sunday school, we had sometimes that we did like uh, crafts and projects and stuff like that. And they told us to bring in blank t-shirts and we got to do a tie dye and we had to pick what color. So I picked purple because I think there wasn't pink. I was I was really excited about it and it turned out really cool and I was excited to wear it because I was like, you know, it was the 90s. So tie dye was like really cool and oh, yeah. popular. Everybody was tie dyeing. Yeah. And I got real upset because I was so happy about my shirt. And one of the older kids or the teacher or like, I don't know, one of the teacher's assistants or whatever came and she was like using one of those. What are they? You know, like the squishy bottles that like, um, that like make designs and stuff it's it, it's like a it comes out as like a kind of like a squishy like 3d gel and you can like write with it and stuff yeah she she wrote wwjd on all of our shirts and i was so upset oh no she ruined your shirt yeah she put jesus on your shirt i, I rebuke him <laughs> I, I used to wear that shirt for a while because i really liked the tie-dye but i hated that it said that so i started like trying to peel them off and i couldn't peel the letters off so i ended up just donating it oh my god <laughs> but where was the what would you oh, do on it the shirt was, like on the top uh ah. like under the collar on the side like where a pocket would be oh you could have cut it out made a v-neck <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah, that oh, was upsetting. I'm so sorry. It's okay. God, Jesus ruins everything. I know. Oh, God. Yeah, I was at one of my classmates' birthday parties in first grade, and we got to use that same gel stuff that I also don't know how to describe <laughs> to make our... I don't know if it was tie-dye, though. paint? No. Sure. Whatever. Okay. 3D fabric paint. That's we'll a say. great term. That's okay. fine. We got to make our own shirts. I don't remember if there was any tie-dyeing. At her party, there might have been, but I remember drawing on my shirt very poorly. Uh, Raphael from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I still remember what it looked like, and I kept that shirt for a few years. You know, obviously until I couldn't fit into it anymore. But yeah, that's what I drew on on my shirt. I used to draw all the Ninja Turtles all the time when I was real little. It was really, really fucking bad at drawing Ninja Turtles, y'all. I'm a bad artist, by the way. Just, just if you didn't know that about me, I'm sure I've mentioned it before. I'm a real bad artist. But you cannot possibly imagine how bad little boy Jonathan was at <laughs> doing art, especially Ninja Turtle art. But I tried. Tried Aww. as best as I could. I know. I'm going to... No, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to surprise you. All right. Anyway. No, I don't want a tie-dye shirt. Patty, come on. Let me do nice things for you. You can draw on it. I will not put what would Jesus do on it. I'll put WWPD. What would Patty do? And then... That, that, that sounds like the town that I work for, police department. <laughs> here's the funniest part about this i'm gonna put wwpd what would patty do on it and i'll put it at the top and then underneath it i'm gonna do my version of drawing of patty burning down a police department <laughs> so you can go ahead and wear it to work <laughs> because now it's got a double meaning <laughs> all right oh yeah the fight on the dam the dam fight no it was you know it was it was awesome I loved all of the uh, the action. It's cool to see Iceman stepping up and being part of the group now, you know? Iceman makes a slide, and he and Kitty slide down, and then Kitty phases him, like, into the dam. Gene was holding the water back. Reminded me of the end of, the end of X2, when they're all... When she was Mosesing? Yeah, when she was Mosesing. But she had to do it. Remember, though, she had to do it from outside of the Blackbird. She couldn't Moses from inside the Blackbird, where it was safe, she had to stand where the water was going to crash in order to Moses. That yeah. makes sense. It did make sense. That's how we got X-Men 3. Remember that? The if love I movie. was a Moseser, yeah. I would I would use it to just like instead of using one of those like diva cups, Di- I would I would just diva is, cups? You don't know a diva cup? Is that like the cup Beyoncé uses? <laughs> I'm I I I would uh I would just make a psychic diva cup and keep just psychically keep all of my blood inside me and then uh you know get rid of it later but also i can use it to throw at people if i need to a diva cup is like a a cup oh oh okay i get the meaning now it collects the things this is um this is quite an episode (laughs) Uh, it's also very very sacrilegiously delicious i suppose (laughs) all all of this all this 
And listen, listen, okay? So my feeling is you can have whatever beliefs you want. Whatever you believe, you do you. Do not use those beliefs to push on others and or to judge others. Do not. Otherwise, I'm sorry. You've got the wrong kind of beliefs. You do you. Just don't oppress people or try to force it on people or use it to judge people. Just that's all. Right? Right. Yeah. I have to tell you something later. Uh-oh. I just remembered. That's funny. Diva cup? No. Beyonce? No. Beyonce so, uses a diva cup. I'm sure she does. Oh my god, never mind. No, I, Beyonce is too rich for a period. When you <laughs> when you get over a certain amount of money, you don't have to have a period anymore. Oh my god. And then uh Scott Scott is uh fighting Juggernaut. Oh, your favorite moment. Yeah, and Scott's <laughs> like, yeah, you want it raw, tough guy? Then take it raw. Yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. Don't put any context around that line, no. though. Yeah, he, that's that's all I remember of this episode, he, was that line. He took his visor off. Oh, okay. That was the context of the line. You probably weren't even watching. You probably I, just heard the line. <laughs> I just remember the line. My head went blank. But he, All of my senses turned off when I heard that line. <laughs> Scott giving it raw just turns off all your senses. <laughs> Scott giving it raw to Kane. What if it was? What if it was Scott giving it raw to Logan? Would that tingle your senses? Yes. Your patty sense would be tingling. My patty sense. <laughs> oh my god! All right, but he knocked him over. But he's unstoppable. He, he raw dogged Kane so hard <laughs> that he knocked Kane over. <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. But that's how raw Scott gave it to him, Patty. That's how raw he dug. That's it. how that's how hard it is. Yeah, but anyway, so Kane obviously manages to to walk through the raw beams and um grab Scott's head. At this point, Nightcrawler had already undone the helmet, but all for all the fucking good it did, you know, I mean, again, Xavier wasn't there. But so this was amazing. This was another amazing moment. You had fucking Rogue manages to grab Kane, absorb his power, and then slap the shit out of him. That was such an amazing <laughs> brief fight. Because fucking Kane like goes to punch her, and you just get like her tiny arm and hand reach out and catch that punch. And then he keeps going to hit her, and she's just slapping it away. She fucking picks him up and throws him off the dam. I love Goth Rogue. I love her so much. Holy shit. And then Iceman freezes him in midair. It was it was amazing. Of course the dude gets away. Oh, of course. We can't have everything tied up nice and neat. But I love that. I love that so much. And, you know, the fucking bigot congressman is like, what did they just do? And Storm was like, what they were trained to do. Use their powers for good. Yeah, I mean, they saved the military. They saved the fucking town. They saved the dam. Fucking good for them. They did exactly, you know, what they were trained to do. That was amazing. I loved it. And as a bonus, Ruge uh, absorbs Kane's thoughts when she touched him, and now she knows where Xavier is. Yeah. So now they can go rescue Xavier. From the dunk tank, where they keep Kane. From the dunk tank. (laughs) At the carnival. (laughs) Yeah, who who done that? That's uh that's what the guy who was supposed to be watching Kane said. Who could have done that? Because who could have taken this guy out and replaced him with this guy? That's some Houdini shit. Guess what? It was mistake. <laughs> that's some Houdini shit. <laughs> Literally the line in the show. Yep. The guard was like, "That's some Houdini shit." <laughs> yeah, but uh, the president makes a fucking address, clears the X Men of all wrongdoing. They showed Trask being put behind bars. We shouldn't judge people solely by their differences. We need to learn more and be open-minded. How do we get a president like that? (laughs) I thought that was fantastic. The president. The president did that. In 2002? Are you serious? (laughs) Do you remember who our president was? Patty, I vividly remember (laughs) who our president was. In 2002. You remember which country had weapons of mass destruction a few months later? And then, oopsie, we made an oopsie. But while we're here, we'll just dig up, you know, some of this 
pretty black stuff to bring home. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> might as well while we're here. Yeah. I mean, it would be silly to not just pack this and, up and take it. And uh, freedom them <laughs> some oil. <laughs> so, so I loved, I loved this episode so much. You know, I mean, obviously there is like the part of me that wishes Storm would really verbally bitch slap the fucking congressman, you know, maybe make a couple of tiny tornadoes on their faces. But it's it's really cool to see them prove those people wrong. You know, that mutants are aren't this overt threat that they have been training to save and help people. Um and literally they're people too. Um I love how Scott was sort of forced to step up a little bit and take this leadership role, how he stood up to Logan, a guy obviously with fucking decades more experience. He just, you know, I mean, I, I love Scott anyway, but it's, it's great to see these moments from him. It's great to see Gene uh, in a supporting role. Um, I wish she, she would have gotten a little bit more in this episode, but she does get a little bit more next episode. But, um, but yeah, so so I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else to say about this episode I haven't already said. What do you think? Uh, no, I mean, I like this episode. Uh, my only, I guess, complaint is maybe a little bit more I'm thinking about, like, real life. That, you know, like, any persecuted group is supposed to be, like, this upstanding group of citizens that, like, not only sure. takes the shit that people dole out at them but like risks their lives to help others or like you know has to go above and beyond like it's not just like you can be gay and like just you know sit at home and play video games or whatever like but you need to be like actively single-handedly doing a pta fundraiser so all the kids in school get computers and get so that they can learn about homophobia on their new computers like i don't know Maybe I'm just, like, taking it too seriously. No, you're 100% accurate. Um, I get you. Yeah, but, like, they can be mutants and just be, like, sitting at home or, like, going out to clubs. Like, they don't have to be saving the world to be accepted. They can just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Like, the fact that they were born and that they exist should be enough for others to accept them and to not try to debate their existence. You're 100%, you're 100% right. I say that that I like this because, you know, I mean, this is sort of like what the X-Men are to me. Um, and it's what we've seen in the comics and, and it's what I like. And then, of course, there's the other side of that where the Brotherhood wouldn't necessarily be taking it this peacefully. The Mutant Liberation Front wouldn't yeah. be taking the, the that peacefully. And that's why I like those groups and I like that those groups exist because it's it's another it's another way of viewing things those don't have to be overt villains you know because they fucking i don't know bust some prison open and take these mutants who are being wrongfully detained you know i mean it's like with the the fucking protests and stuff last year they don't have to be 100 percent peaceful i mean you know you're you're fucking you've got people out there murdering black people just for fucking being black overt racism don't tell them that they have to protest they don't have to behave the way you want them you don't get to oppress them and then tell them no this is the way you get to protest your oppression not at all you know you know what i mean yeah so no, I with like a pernick shit like oh you can't do it that way because right. that just but but also you can't loot and riot but also you can't blah 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 but also don't peacefully protest because <laughs> it upsets my feelings yeah maybe your analogy was a little bit better well, no, no, no. I mean, your your analogy is it's it's the same. We're saying the same no, thing, I, so I, I, I get that. I know that like this is who the X Men are. This is who they've always been. This is what they're going to continue to be. And I think that it's great that there's a group like that. But at the same time, and now I just thought about it. You know, there's people like the Morlocks who aren't doing anything to better society, but they're also not doing anything to fuck up society. They're just trying to live their lives. And they shouldn't be any less valid than the X-Men are. Yeah, they shouldn't have to fucking hide down in the sewers. Because exactly. if they go topside, they're going to have rocks and shit thrown at them. 100%. Uh, so, I mean, you and I 100% agree. My point was just more like, I, I guess, looking at the context of this show, 
where we are now in this show with mutants just being outed. Things things have improved very quickly compared to anything that would ever happen in real life. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's the point that I was trying to make. No, I understand. All right, so last episode we're talking about is mainstream. And uh, and this was another super interesting episode. So it looks like the kids are back in the Institute, but they're just underground. They're underneath the rubble of the actual Institute. And so you've got kids coming by in masks, spraying graffiti and calling mutants freaks and saying that Bayville doesn't want you. And then you cut to a couple of the kids leaving. And so this was interesting. Logan actually says first rain. He pronounced it right, as opposed to Ronnie in the episode Retreat. Do you remember that? Oh, I think I do. Yeah. But Logan in this episode says rain, so they actually pronounced it right this time. And Jubilee's now Jubilee, leaving. They're... That's his baby. <laughs> That's probably why they had him say it. But parents are pulling their kids out of here, and Xavier's like, oh, I understand. I promised them that they'd, I promised the parents that they'd be safe, and I was wrong. And uh, Xavier tells all all the the X Men that the school board is allowing them to go to school today, but they're voting tonight on whether or not there's going to be a, a mutant ban. And so, which is illegal, <laughs> be, they pay taxes too. <laughs> be on your best behavior and attend the board meeting tonight. And so the the kids fucking literally they show up at school and get you know people are staring at them. You get a couple of people yelling, go home, you don't belong here. And Kurt is taking advantage of this because no one knows it's him because he's using his inducer. They saw the blue guy on the news footage. They didn't see the white boy. He's still using his inducer. But it's also funny that I thought they said go home. Like, that's where they live. (laughs) Yeah, literally. And then so you see Taryn, just, you know, her, her physical cues, like looking at Scott and looking away. She's not interested in him anymore. But look at Duncan. Duncan runs up to Gene and is all happy. And it's like, oh, what? And he's like, I'm willing to overlook your problem. And she's like, what problem? And he's like, besides, we could put this to good use during exams. And she tells him to fuck off and die. (laughs) It's exactly something Gene Gray would say. Yes, I know. Yeah. Or is that a Patty thing to say? Mm. I'm not really sure. (laughs) Yeah, but she tells him that they're through. And uh, a little side story. About Colossus and Logan, both riding motorcycles. Uh, That didn't really amount to too much, but I guess they wanted another little side story in this episode. But anyway, Principal Kelly stops by the Brotherhood house and asks them to come back to school. And so that's interesting. This guy obviously doesn't like mutants, but why is he inviting the Brotherhood back to school? Hmm. Yeah, Amanda asks Kurt how he's doing. And, you know, he's he's freaking out. He's not ready to be exposed as a mutant yet. He's still fucking... She's like, you're you're hiding. The kid's still closeted, and he's not ready to come out yet. But, you know, she's she's literally says, what about standing up for your friends? And that's true. That's really important. Because all, all of his friends, they're known. And people are... The other kids are fucking picking on them. He's not coming to their defense. And, and that sucks. Yeah, even when they were walking to school together, they were all, like, in a line. And then Rogue or something was like, where's where's uh kurt he was right behind us and then she like looks around and he's like with a group of other people like watching them walk into the school yeah one of the one of the kids asked like you live at that mutant place right you're friends with them and kurt's like i used to be i'm like wow and now listen i'm saying this as like a cishet white dude um that that's fucked up but at the same time like i i don't know like is that something maybe closeted kids go through they don't want to be associated with some of the out, like they want to be associated with the kids who are out, but they don't want to be for fear of being fucking persecuted. It strikes me as something that does happen. No, it does. One of my gay friends said that he used to get picked on a lot for like, you know, being gay in high school and stuff. And now he sees that like a bunch of those kids actually turn out to be gay too. And it was just like, look at him. Don't look at me. Oh, yeah, they were hiding it because they didn't want to be picked on like yeah, him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my take as a cishet white dude is that it's a fucked up thing. But, you know, like I said, it would strike me as something that happens. So your example, I mean, I'm sure, isn't the only one in the world. Yeah, no, and I mean, uh, like, he doesn't even necessarily have to come out. He can just pretend to be an ally if he's not ready to come out of the closet. 
That's true. He could stand up. Very good point. He could at least stand up yeah, for exactly. his friends if he doesn't want to say yet, yeah, I'm a mutant. Because so that's a like, great point. It's like fucked up to out himself. It's just if he isn't ready because it happened to his friends. I mean, I know it sucks that it happened to his friends too. They weren't ready to come out either. But mm. he has the choice. And if he doesn't want to come out, like he should at least do the minimum. He yeah. should stand up for his friends. No, those are great points. Absolutely. 100% agree. But yeah, so so after Principal Kelly visited the Brotherhood, then he also calls Duncan into his office because he knows he saw that Duncan and Scott just got into a fight. And he said, uh, you might you might not like the Brotherhood, but they have something in common with you. They also hate Scott. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Duncan was trying to force Scott to use his powers so mutants would get kicked out of school. Uh, Kelly is so fucking gross, though. You can't have a beef with one of them. They stick together. That's such a fucking gross thing it's to like, say. It's like us. We're the mafia. Huh? We're the, uh, oh, Lester just told me this the other day. He calls it the alphabet mafia. I fucking lost my shit. The alphabet mafia? Yeah. That's hilarious. I know. So anyway, I mean, this thing with, with, uh, with Colossus and Logan, the Colossus is, invites Logan to join Magneto. You know, so, I mean, we, we've already seen, there was a quick shot of him during the president, like after the president's speech or something of Magneto watching on TV, the acolytes were there, Pietro was there. So Magneto like isn't done. He didn't just out mutants to the world and then go fucking retire. I'm sure that he still has plans. And so he wanted to recruit Logan. Of course, Logan says no. And it was, it was interesting. I don't know if this gets developed at all. I, I don't think it does, but I guess we'll see. It really sounds like Col- Colossus basically confirms that Magneto has something on him. And, you know, because Logan is like, oh, you're a fucking lackey or something like that. And Colossus is like, I'm not a lackey. Like, I, I can't refuse, basically. So if you think that Magneto has, like, his family, maybe something on him where, Logan- where Colossus can't refuse. But also, I mean, if there are two people who don't want to be against Magneto, it's Colossus and Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should team up, Tavares. <laughs> I will, Gospel special. I will yeah. throw you okay. right at Magneto. <laughs> God. So anyway, uh, Gene scores during basketball, and then the coach. Hell yeah! The co- oh, Jesus Christ! And the coach benches her because one yeah, of the- this girl's like, you used your powers and you know it. Such bullshit. And so you know, Gene, you know, goes. To the fucking bench, but then she sees Principal Kelly clearing out a bunch of these trophies. There's going to be an inquiry about whether or not Bayville deserves them. And Kelly's like, earthquakes, fire, beasts, you're a menace and cheats. Pointing at this fucking like 17-year-old girl who just wants to be a kid and fucking play basketball. And he's just such a fucking gross-ass bigot. And he said, you're losing your soccer trophy. And she was so upset about that. I felt bad. Yeah, and he knows that she's telepathic and telekinetic, and he's not even afraid. He's just talking to her like she's subhuman. It's disgusting. But it's also like he knows that these kids can't do anything or they're going to get kicked out, so he's, like, baiting them. Yeah, but, like, watch her fucking clap her hands and his head explodes. Wow, that would be beautiful. (laughs) So Xavier asks Jean to speak at the board meeting that night. And of course, Duncan and the Brotherhood confront the X-Men outside of the board meeting. And Scott is like, no powers. And so Jean's making this speech about how she could talk about speeches from famous civil rights leaders and like the amendments or whatever. But she makes this point that like, you love your children for who they are, not what they can or cannot do. There's a chance they may be born with an X-Gene. You will love them, but people will hate them and want to hurt them. You will hope for the day when your child can live in a safe world. That can begin with you by allowing mutants to attend public schools, which is amazing. Which Because absolutely, your kid may be born and be gay. Your kid may be born and be trans. You know, you're going to special needs or or whatever or whatever. And you're going to want to protect them and want the world well, not to fucking hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. And want the world to not, you know, treat them like shit. And that's exactly it. 
And so what was really impactful was that this speech was being said over the the you know images of the X-Men fighting Duncan and the fucking brotherhood. I thought it was amazing that Scott like you know dodged a punch from Duncan, lift him lifted him up and threw him in the back of a truck. That was amazing. But he didn't use his powers. <laughs> he disabled him and didn't use his powers. No, that was awesome. It was. In fact, you know, I mean, Avalanche starts really cutting loose and the building is shaking and everyone flees outside. And then you've got the X-Men literally saving people. Uh, a car flies. Yeah, and almost... then they start using their powers. Yeah, to save people. Yeah. Uh, so, so a car is flying right at Principal Kelly. Kitty grabs him and saves his fucking life. Mistake. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think... Uh, another car was flying at two people and Kurt, although he's still using the image inducer, bamps them to safety. Even after Kelly got saved, he's like, look how, look how dangerous mutants are. And Xavier's like, no, no, my students are exhibiting control. Scott even saved Duncan from being crushed by a car. You forgot to say Gene saved people. Jean saved she th- people. She threw uh, <laughs> something from hitting people. Uh, it wasn't a car. I don't think there were that many cars. Maybe it was a car. Who knows? Whatever. All right. Yeah. She, she did the most. Jean helped. <laughs> <laughs> and I helped. I think like a lamppost almost falls on someone. Spike shot out spikes and it caught the lamppost from hitting these people. It was really cool. And then the Brotherhood runs away. And, you know... Scott thinks that they fucked themselves, but Xavier says that he's proud and the board is welcoming them back to school. And he says that they're a beacon of hope, you know, even though it's, you know, it wasn't, they didn't ask for it. They're the ones taking the first step in this new world to lead the way for mutants yet to come. And it's a big responsibility. And even in the face of bigotry and discrimination, the X-Men will endure. And so this is back to your point before that, that they sh- shouldn't necessarily have to be that beacon. But again, it's the X-Men. Yeah. So so they're they, going to do what they're going to do. So they're going to do it, and, and that's what they are. And it's really powerful to see these fucking high school children, you know, they're not all even fucking adults yet, taking this responsibility so seriously. When Scott said no powers, they didn't use their powers to fight the Brotherhood. And they only use their powers to help humans, to save fucking humans. And you have the principal of this fucking school, this fucking bigot, you know, calling them menaces and cheats. And the one who was trying to sabotage this fucking board meeting. Because that was the principal's fucking plan. It was to get Duncan and the Brotherhood to force these good kids to use their powers and cause destruction. Then you know Kelly was going to point and say, look at that, they can't be trusted, they're awful, we need to ban mutants from school. He's a fucking awful piece of shit. I don't remember what happens to him. He shouldn't be principal anymore, at least. This school has had a bad track record of principals, y'all. It sure has, and they get paid a lot of money, too. <laughs> I should be a principal. You sh- Who? You? I should, yes. Yeah. Principal Patty. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this season... It's like each season has just like upped the ante a lot. I think this again, the storytelling of season two over season one was just leaps and bounds. But now we're like into real um, mutant metaphor, comic book X-Men territory here where mutants are known to the world. They're hated and they're feared, but they're still trying to their best to stop uh, mutants from hurting humans uh, and trying to face bigotry literally at the political lawmaking level and also at the personal level, just where they fucking go to school. And it's just these first three episodes of this season are really amazing. So that's what I think. What do you think? No, I really liked it. Um, You know, I I mean, it, it keeps going back and forth with the brotherhood, like, you know, depending on their feels at the time, I guess. Are they are they friends? Are they foes? They're just like convenient allies, more like whenever it's convenient for them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, just like all of this stuff, like legislation, like we have to decide whether they're allowed to exist or mm. not. We're allowed. We're, we're going to decide whether they go to school or not, even though you know we've already <laughs> gone through this issue before. I mean, I knew that I know that we were going to see discrimination. It's always happened in like every 
form of media that the X-Men are in. Yeah. But it was kind of refreshing to see that at least the president was behind it. Even if, you know, some of their peers and stuff, like, you know, they're high schoolers, they're going to be assholes, you know, they're going to be bullies there. Um, but like, at least you have like some people on your side. I, I mean, I was really surprised actually that no reporters or anything showed up at the school. Like when the kids were just there during the day to just like stalk them and see oh, like true. what they were doing because everybody knows where they go to high school. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I I uh I think that the them like showing them fight without powers might do something to kind of like help their image as well as what they did on the dam. But I mean, you know, bigot's gonna big. They, there's always going to be some people that like you can deliver their babies for them. You know, you can uh, fucking wipe their ass. You could do everything that you could possibly do for this person. And it's still not going to be enough. They're still going to be like, no, you're a mutant. You're not a person. You're disgusting. Get out of my face. Yeah. So, you know, there's always going to be people like that. I don't know what the solution to that is, but. I mean, you know, it has to start. It's it's not just lawmakers too. It's it's the media. It's what the media puts out there because so many people form their opinions from shitty media and they believe these awful, stupid fucking. You can things. say Fox News. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not just Fox News, but you, Newsmax, whatever right wing fucking bullshit there is. Um, the fucking hate groups and shit on fucking Facebook and shit like that. So yeah, of course it's like the lawmakers and and whatever, but. You know, there's also those media outlets and it's, you can't, unfortunately you can't just fucking erase them. The fucking bullshit news outlets like that tap into fear, fear of things that are different, things that people don't understand until something changes, nothing's going to change. I don't really know how else to put that. Yeah, no, I was, I was trying to think of a different way to say that too, (laughs) but I was like, nope, I'm going to say that the same exact way. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's sad, but like, you know, that that's the world that we live in and it's just. We're seeing that very, very closely mirrored now in X-Men Evolution. And so, again, the show got real fucking real, real fucking quick. And, and, and I love it. The X-Men are never not going to be relevant. This is a great show. Yep. We like it. Yep. All right, good. So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings Evolution. Thanks for joining us. And remember, leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. Join us for episode 14 in two weeks when we discuss the stuff of villains, blind alley, and extreme measures. And until then, the president was right. This fictional president.